Welcome to the Truth Hurts Podcast, and welcome back to the second half of the pre-MLB trade deadline a preview. Yesterday, we looked into the first half in the American League. We looked at all teams and how their seasons have been going, players that have been doing really well for them this year or struggled. We took a look at buyers and sellers for each team, and if you haven't checked it out, please go check it out after uh, listening to this podcast. Um, as I talked about yesterday, the, the the AL is a little more condensed in teams that I think have a shot at the playoffs. The NL is more wide open by only a couple teams. And as another day goes by, it means another day closer to trade deadline. We are officially six days away, a little under six days now, as the trade deadline is 4 p.m. on July 31st. Today, we're going to be looking at the National League and doing the same exact thing as yesterday, but of course with different teams, and we're going to be looking at who I think is going to be buyers, who I think should sell and get some prospects and picks in return, and my predictions for how the rest of the season is going to play out in the National League. So first off, let's look at how the standings are playing out right now in the National League. In the NL East, we have the Atlanta Braves. And also, this is as of 4.52 on uh, the 25th. I think. Yep. And so the Atlanta Braves right now sit at 16.43. The Nats, four games back, sit at 55-46. and 46. The Phillies sit at 54-48. and 48. The Mets sit at 47-55. and 55. And the Marlins sit at 38 and 62. In the NL Central, the Chicago Cubs and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals are both at 55 and 47, tied at first in the division. The Milwaukee Brewers are 54 and 50, two games behind. The Reds are 46 and 54, and the Pirates are 46 and 56. In the NL West, we have the Dodgers at 67 and 37, tearing up, tearing up the West, making the Diamondbacks and the Giants tied for second, 14 and a half games behind at 52 and 51. The Padres are at 48 and 54, and the Rockies are at 47 and 55. How the playoffs will look right now: the one seed would be the Dodgers running away with the whole thing. They're even six and a half games above the Braves for that top seed in the NL, getting a home field advantage all the way through the NL. And the Braves are sitting at the two seed right now. The Cubs and Cardinals, since they're tied, we'll just say the Cubs because they have been a few days ago. So the Cubs are three. Right now the Nats are four, a half game above the fifth seed, which would be the Cardinals or Cubs. And that... Behind making the playoffs is really close. One game behind is the Phillies. And two games behind is the Brewers. Three and a half are the Diamondbacks and Giants. And the Padres are at seven. And a few teams a couple games back behind. So the NL is really shaping out to be a run this year. Um, The Giants have been the talk. Unlike how the Astros, Yankees, and... And Twins have really ran away with their divisions, yet the Twins and Indians are condensing a little bit in that run. But, you know, the the NL Central has two teams tied for first. Uh, 
NL West has two teams tied for second. Um, the Braves are only four games ahead. The Nats are bringing that closer, and the Phillies just keep winning as well recently after that series with the Nationals. So now we're going to be looking at the NL East first. We're going to be looking at the Atlanta Braves. And this team this year so far, everyone knew going in they're going to be good. Last year they won the division. They made the playoffs. They they put a good team together. Solid uh, performance, just not enough last year against the Dodgers. But this team this year brought back a lot of their young pieces. You know, Freddie Freeman's been there forever, batting 303 this year. Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., who's really broke out, hitting 292 right now. Donaldson, a pickup this year. He's batting 259, but that doesn't say what he's been doing right now for them. He's been producing really good for them, coming up clutch in late games. Um, and Nick Markakis, one of the at one of the top active hitters and hits all time. He still produced 286. And this team, they just seem to keep winning. Um, re- I mean, they did drop two to Kansas City um, recently, but this team sat really comfortably in the East since May, uh, late April. And the Braves have exciting things to come. This used to be all about the Nats and the Mets in the division, always fighting it out. And now it seems to be Bravestown, but considering that the run isn't over for them to win the East for two years in a row, As we talk about the Washington Nationals, a team that got rid of the injury bug. They're playing fun baseball right now. They're really shaping out at the right time. You know, they they have an improved catcher in Jan Gomes. Zimmerman went down again, so Adams is at first. Um, Losing Daniel Murphy at second did hurt. Dozier is a better better fielder, but Murphy brought the, the bat in the lineup that they really needed. You know, their outfield's really young, really good. Juan Soto, Victor Robles, Adam Eaton, and uh, Trey Turner, who hit for the cycle a couple nights ago, is still breaking out as a young star. And they have one of the best third basemen in baseball, Anthony Rendon, on a contract year. The Nationals without Rendon would be significantly worse. So that's a player they need to lock up. But first, their hopes to make a title run. They're pitching-wise, one of the top one of the top trios in the MLB with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Scherzer nine and five, 2.3 ERA. Strasburg thirteen and four with a 3.37, and Corbin with a 3.25. And then Anibal Sanchez is also six and six with 3.8. When you look at this, when you look at this team, there's not a lot of holes. Except for the bullpen. Sean, du- Sean Doolittle is the only light in the bullpen. Everyone else has an ERA of pretty much 3.8 or above. That's that's going to hurt moving forward. And as a trade deadline, I think they do need to pick up a couple more. It seems to be a recurring issue for the Nationals every year is the bullpen. And in the offseason, they even plan to fix it. But it just never seems to be enough. I do think they need to get solid 7th and 8th inning guys behind Doolittle. Doolittle can't go 2-plus innings every every night for him in the postseason, especially when managers have to make quick decisions on their pitching in the playoffs. So the Nationals are four games behind, but the Phillies are right behind them, also 
with a team solid enough to win an NL East title. The big, the big two pickups for the team were actually three. JT Romita, a catcher, one of the best hitting catchers in the league. He's had down years compared to his numbers right now, but still one of the best hitting catchers in the league. Gene Segura was a great pickup for that infield. Um, he's hitting 273 this year. He brings a good top of lineup bat. And then Bryce Harper this year. Um, he's underperformed earlier in the year, 256. He's had a couple walk-offs recently. Teams still, even with his number, even with his numbers down this year, teams are still scared to pitch him in big moments. Then they also have Michael Franco, who's a really good defensive third baseman. Rise Hoskins, who's a really good hitter. And they also have on the pitching side, they have Aaron Nola, eight and two, three point six four. Jake Arrieta's really struggled this year to what he usually do, does. 8-7, 4.40. And their bullpen's pretty solid with guys like Hector Norris, Adam Morgan, Jose Alvarez. So I think the team's biggest weakness on this front is their starting pitching. I think they do need to try to trade for another starter that can perform in a tight race for the division. Because with the wild card so tight as well, it's going to be hard either way, and they're going to need another starter to put alongside Nolan. Hopefully, Arietta picks it up later on. But the, these three teams, all exciting things all around. Now, now to the New York Mets sitting at fourth in the division with um, nine games under 500. You know they have an exciting bat in Pete Alonso. He's come to light, winner of the home run derby. Um, probably going to win the Rookie of the Year. For in the NL. Then you have Robinson Cano. He's a, a great veteran. Wilson Ramos, one of the better hitting catchers. Jeff McNeil has really come to light for the team this year. You know, 27 years old. They have Michael Conforto. So they have good pieces, just not enough. And that's even to say without Jake DeGrom, who was the Cy Young last year. He's 5-7, and seven, but with a 3.02 ERA. You know, Cindergaard. 7-5, 4.33. They have guys like Steven Matz and Zach Wheeler. And, you know, every year around this time, there's always talks, who's going to trade for Syndergaard? Who's going to trade for DeGrom? Who's going to trade for Wheeler and Matz? They aren't, they haven't been moved yet. And, of course, DeGrom at this point would have to be a really big haul to get. I don't think the Mets are going to ever let him go unless it all falls apart. And... And there's still a little hope for the Mets in years to come. Syndergaard, they're the Thunderbolt Syndergaard. There's always been talks about him going. Just teams never meet the asking price. I think guys like Matt and Wheeler are going to be more affordable for teams moving forward. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger, the Mets, into what they're deciding. Because every year they come back with the same pitching staff. And the results haven't changed. So I don't know what they're gonna do. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting moving forward just to see as a baseball fan. Will they move teams within the division? The teams like the Phillies or the Braves need another starter, or will they send them in the AL, or will they hold on to them and bag up this year? Now we're looking at the Miami Marlins. And they've had a horrendous year. And they full rebuild mode still. This is Pretty much year two of the rebuild mode, getting rid of Christian Yelich, 
who was a spotlight for the team, Giancarlo Stanton, power hitter for him. Um, and, you know, with Derek Jeter in the front office, their plans are, it's a process for them. And one of, one of the worst teams in baseball, they still have guys that they can move. Curtis Granson still seems to go to a new team every year. He's about 178 at 38 years old. I think he's almost done. But they have guys like Miguel Rojas, Starlin Castro, Neil Walker. They could all move those guys and get even more and build it up for an even longer plan and try to make it as soon as possible to be competitive again. Their pitching staff is really weak. Caleb Smith has only been the only spotlight for him this year. They also have Sergio Romo, who they could move. 36-year-old pitcher. He's a closer for the team. They could move him for a team that really wants a late-inning reliever. It's going to be a while. Marlins fans hang in there. Uh, it's In the NL East, it's hard, but not yet. Chicago Cubs. And right now they're tied with, in the NL Central now, they are tied with St. Louis Cardinals. The Cubs in the past few years have been running the NL Central. But also the Brewers, but not too much this year. And they have, they do have a solid lineup, um, as they do every year. Rizzo, 290. They just dropped Russell down to the to AAA. He's been struggling hitting around 250 recently coming back from injury now they have Javi Baez at short he's hitting 290 Chris Bryant 299 uh, they got Schwarber who can a little bit inconsistent this year his, his average has always been around that always does come good in the playoffs though and then they have Albert Almora and Jason Hayward they're hitting and their lineup is definitely good enough to make a run in the NL as it is every year and they're pitching. They have Yu Darvish really struggled this year. Jose Quintana, ERA struggling. Kyle Hendricks is doing decent. John Lesser has been doing pretty good. They, It's just he's aging. And they do have Cole Hamels, but he's on the IL right now. And their bullpen has also really struggled for him this year. Pedro Stroop has really struggled. Brad Brock. It's just not to where their expectations were going into this year. And going and talking about the NL in March, people thought the Dodgers and Cubs would be the, the main mashup. But right now the Cubs have tied for the third best record in baseball. So, in, in, the, in the NL, not baseball. But, you know, with the Cardinals creeping up on them every day, now they're officially tied with them. And there's still 60, a little under 60 games left. It should be interesting. They need to find the right bats at the right time. They do have experience. They do have that World Series. They have a great manager who potentially could be on the hot seat. There's rumors. I don't think so. But talking about the Cardinals, they are also 55 and 47 now. Their big offseason pickup, Paul Goldschmidt. He's hitting 250 this year, so not the price they wanted for him. Yadier Molina is on the IL. But they also have Paul DeYoung. Matt Carpenter's also on the IL. Izuna, IL. And they're getting a lot of injuries, but they keep seeming to win. And they're winning at the right time. Um, they have guys 
like Dexter Fowler, who's going to be big for on the on the guys on the IL to fill in and hopefully get something going with the bats. Their pitching staff this year: Dakota Hudson, ten and four, three point six one ERA. Everyone else is under over four. Even Michael Waka is five point three three. Their bullpen is actually really solid. All guys sitting around the three ERA. Andrew Miller, uh, John Gant, uh, Yvonne Galagos. Sorry about that. Um, the, Car- the Cardinals have a really good team with along with the Cubs. I do think the Cubs have more. I think when it comes down to it, the Cubs are the better team. But the record shows itself well, and the, the Cardinals are gonna be pushing for the playoffs should be interesting to see what they pick up now with the trade deadline approaching and all these injuries will they just try to pick a guy that can fill in and when their starters get back be a role player then the nl it's important to get good bats off the bench too because in the mindset of pitchers batting and finding the right time for a pinch hitter at the right moment so it'll be interesting now looking at the milwaukee brewers in third in the central team that has one of the best in the game right now and Christian Yelich hitting 335 this year also they have another one of the top trios in the in the outfield and all of baseball with Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain Mike Moustakis was a really big pickup for him hitting 266 this year um, he's Lonnie Grandall they got a catcher series hitting 259 and for a catcher you couldn't ask for much more they're pitching-wise. They have Brian Woodruff on the IL right now, but he's 11-3 with a 3.75. Zach Davies, 8-3 with a 3.17. Uh, Chase Anderson, 5-2 with a 3.9. And they have a really good closer in Josh Hader, 2.17. But their arms in front of that are pretty weak in regards to ERA. And I think that's what they need to focus on at the trade deadline. Really good team, as they have been the past couple of years. Yelich was a huge pickup for him, along with Kane getting him from the Royals. A lot of experience, but will they be able to make the playoffs is the question, especially with strong records all around the league. Cincinnati Reds in fourth, another team that's in the process of moving on. They used to have a big big group of Joey Votto, Brandon Phillips, Todd Frazier, Jay Bruce, and the only one standing there is actually my player, my favorite player in all of baseball. Joey Votto is still kicking it at age 35. One of the best eyes in the league. He's 262, uh, but with an on-base percentage of 347. Now, I love him. My, like I said, my favorite player in the game. Just around him, there's a lot of young guys that aren't ready to take the next step they did get Yasiel Puig this offseason he's hitting 260 for him um young star I'm looking at the most is uh Jose Peraza at second base where I mean this year he's hitting 241 but he's 25 years old and has a lot to go especially with guy other guys like Jesse Winker and Nick Sensel too pitching wise looking forward they did get Sony Gray from the Yankees. He's 5 and 6, 3.29 ERA. That's another pitcher that the Athletics moved on from. 
that was a star for them back then. Luis Castillo, two, 9-3 with a 2.36 ERA. They got Tanner Rourke in the offseason from the Nationals. He's 6-6 six six with a 3.95, about what you would expect. Brasiel Glacies, a guy that has been in trade talks for the past few years, they held on to. He's 2-8 with a 4.6 ERA. So they, if they do want to trade him now, they're not going to get as much as they could have in years past. I think the Reds should go in full sell mode, give up some players that could help teams that need to win now. And the Pittsburgh Pirates sitting in last place in the division. This is a team that fell off a lot. They had a great outfield of Polanco, McCutcheon, Marte. Just they did. They, they always had solid role players. I mean, McCutcheon led the team for a long time. They also had Garrett Cole pitching. Garrett Cole now is in one of the best duos in the league with Verlander. And if Josh Bell is in a bright spot for the team. He's 287 hitter. He's 26 years old. Sterling Marte is still 30. He hit 288 this year. Then they have guys like Brian Reynolds hitting 328 and left this year. And Kevin Newman, who's been playing solid at short form this year, he's hitting 316. So they have a lot of guys that they can build up around now. Reynolds is 24 and Newman's 25. So they have the right pieces on the offensive side that they could build a team around. They just need to add to it. And their pitching-wise, is that's where the problem is. They did get Chris Archer, which he has not shown what he usually did for Tampa. He's 3-7 and seven with a 5.4 ERA. He's really struggled to find it. Um, they do have Felipe Vasquez and in the bullpen. Their closer, 1.91 ERA. That could be, that's a name to watch in the selling aspect in the trade deadline. He is 27, and with the team that, with all the, with their pickup in Archer, it shows that they still want to win and giving up. Vasquez would be a decision they have to make or do they want to keep him next year and try to rebuild their roster around the pieces that they have now so disappointing year for the Pirates and struggled to compete in the NL Central now we're on to the West the Dodgers my opinion best team in baseball right now it's they've been in the spotlight this year and looking at their roster Cody Ballinger hitting 331 in right. Alex Verdugo hitting 295 in center. Jack Peterson in left, 241. Then you have Justin Turner hitting 296, always getting it done. Corey Seager back from injury, 277. Max Muncie at first hitting 264. Then they have guys on the bench like David Freeze, AJ Pollock getting back from injury. Guys always seems to be hurt that they signed instead of Bryce Harper this year to a really big contract. He's going to find his way back in the starting lineup soon, or he is now, but long-term-wise, he will. Chris Taylor, utility player, is out right now. They're pitching, of course, without the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, 8-2, 2.84 ERA, one of the best pitchers in the game right now still. And they have um, Ryu, 11-2, 1.76 ERA. A lot of talks of him and Scherzer competing for that NL Cy Young. Right now, you'd have to give it to Ryu based on numbers. 
really solid year moving forward. And then you can't forget about Walker Bueller, the 24-year-old pitcher, 9-1 with a 3.23 ERA. And even Maeda, 3.81. That's their worst pitcher has a 3.81 ERA. When you see that, you, it all comes down to pitching. And your worst starting pitcher is a 3.81 ERA. You have a really solid team, and they are going to be. There are going to be buyers. They're still going to get more pieces. There was a thing in the last eight World Series champions. There's been key move. There's been a key move or moves to lead this to lead them to win it all. Like last year, the Red Sox picked up Stephen Pierce, who was the MVP of the whole World Series, and Nathan Evaldi. So they're still going to get pieces from other teams that can temporarily help win the, help this team win the championship. And you saw him try to do it last year getting Manny Machado. He was a rental for him. He's in San Diego now. Um, you saw him guy, guys like Brian Dozier. And then they have Kenley Jansen in the back of their bullpen, really strong. Pedro Baez, late inning guy. Dodgers are really good. Uh, I wouldn't want to play them early, that's for sure. I would definitely want to play them later. And now, after that, there's been a lot of struggle in the NL West. And and right now, the Diamondbacks and Giants sit one game above 500. Giants are on a huge roll recently. But right now, we're going to talk about the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, they did get rid of Goldschmidt. They're still competitive. They have guys like Ketel Marte, he's hitting 321. David Peralta, 288. Escobar 289, Jones 268, Ahmed 268. So the lineup still is really good. And they have Granky 10 and 4, 2.93. Robbie Ray 9 and 6 with a 3.95. And they have Greg Holland at the back of the bullpen. And the Dimebacks right now, they're just not sitting too far away from wildcard spot. It's a hard decision. And there's been a lot of rumors about guys like Granky who could be moved. And I do think even if they do find a way to squeeze in the playoffs, I, this isn't a roster that's going to be able to win it all. And I think they should be sellers. And I think it's time to move on from Granky. He's 35 years old. By the time, if they believe that they can get a really good roster again, he's going to be in his in his late 30s, and he's not going to be what he's throwing right now. So get what you can for Granky right now. One of the best pitchers in the NL this year. Um, wrap up the season, Diamondbacks. Just play, playoffs or not, this team isn't good enough. So it's time to move on. The Giants are another story right now because they are on a really huge run recently. There's been talks about Madison Bumgarner being moved all year, talking about breaking up the whole team. And the run right now has been spectacular, and it really makes it hard because Bumgarner's been on a roll, and he just – he just came out and and helped win the game, and they're 17 and three in their last 20, and that makes it a really tough decision now because a month ago they're going to be full out sellers in this market, and they're going to give guys up like Will Smith, Bumgarner, um, I even guys like Pilar that they were talking about moving. So now it makes it even harder. I, they, I do like their roster a lot better than the Diamondbacks. They still have guys like Buster Posey, one of the best catchers in the game. 
Joe Panic, um, Brandon Crawford. It's just all these guys haven't really lived up to their what they have done in the past. They're all hitting around 250, maybe even below that. But their stats don't even mean anything now. It's all about right now. They're producing these last couple weeks, and they do think that they can make the playoffs, especially with one of the best World Series pitchers of all time. And Mad Bum, you know, he's he's 4-0 in the postseason with a, a sub-1 ERA in the World Series. So that's a guy that I would I want to lean on moving forward. I, if I was the Giants, I would continue trying to stay on this streak and live off of the momentum moving forward. The Padres with the big Manny Machado signing this year, the big Air Cosmer signing last year, and they're going to miss out on the playoffs. You now they even got Ian Kinsler this year on a two-year deal. Machado's hitting 270, which is nothing like him. He got the big paycheck now. And it'll be interesting. He's always been a above 300 hitter in a see the numbers drop like that it's Jurassic for a team that relied on him and they're still getting one of the best players in the game but honestly the main spotlight this year is Fernando Tatis Jr. he's hitting 331 this this makes me feel like the Padres shouldn't really sell as much maybe give up a couple of bullpen guys but their average age and their and their lineup besides Kinsler is no like 24 so why 24-25? So why waste all? Why waste your whole team and sell it all away when you could honestly run it back in the NLS next year? Even with a team like the Dodgers, who seems to be really good every year. You know their their main issue. My my position is the Padres. You know there has been rumors about the Padres trading for Marcus Stroman, be another big name to the roster. And if they do that, that shows that they think that they can finish out the year strong regardless of how it finishes. Now, according to baseball reference, their playoff odds are less than 1% this year. But if they got Stroman and got another another piece next year, they would be my preseason prediction to make the playoffs. Um, especially with Machado, who I think is going to rebound after being in a new place. Now on to the Colorado Rockies, the last team we'll be discussing in the in the NL, who currently are leading the Nats 3-0 to avoid a sweep, by the way. Have that game on in the background during this. But you know, they signed Daniel Murphy this year, a team that has been really good hitting-wise with Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Ian Desmond. And they added Daniel Murphy, who's a really good bat. Playing up in the high elevation where they always seem to hit really good, but their pitching has always been their weak spot. Their best ERA and the pitching staff is 4.05, and that's not going to get it done. And even their closer right now is at a 5.83. So, and the pitching's always been a tough spot for the Rockies. It's always hard for them to find a pitcher who can be shut down for them every five games. And it's questionable every start for them. So that's, I love their lineup though. See, that's the thing. If they can get pitchers who can perform out in the in the Rocky Mountains, they're going to be good in the NL West. And a lot of these teams seem to jump up and down every year, like the Diamondbacks, Padres, 
Giants and Rockies. Dodgers always seem to sit up top after the Giants World Series run ended. But the Rockies just they they just don't have it this year pitching wise. Their lineup is good enough to win, but one of the best third baseman in baseball in Arenado. Next season they're still gonna be competitive. And that wraps up the NL look at how the seasons have gone. Um, and to, I believe, what teams, if they're going to be buyers, what they should buy and selling what they should get rid of. And now that focuses on my predictions. And like I said yesterday, that could change. My predictions could change depending on how next week goes and what teams pay the price. But right now we're going to sit at the Dodgers as the one seed winning the NL West. Like I said, I think. I think the my the best team of baseball in my opinion, like regardless of record, even with record. Two seed, I have the Atlanta Braves. Now they're comfortably comfortable in first right now in the division, but with teams sneaking up on them, it's I think it's going to be a tight race. It's going to come down to the last week, but I still think they're going to get the two seed. Just a team that seems to seems to win at the right time. And the three seed, I think the Cubs are going to pull it out earlier than what the records show right now. I think the Cubs will pull it, and they will go to Atlanta. And in the wild card spot, I have the Nationals at four, just barely missing out on on winning the NL East by a couple of games. And then I have the Phillies at five. I think the Phillies are going to get a starting pitcher and be competitive, which will make a really fun wild card game um, in D.C. with Bryce Harper returning there. That would be one to see. In the wild card, I do have the Nationals winning. When you have someone like Matt, Max Scherzer on the mound in a one-game playoff scenario, I just can't go against him. He's going to be shut down for him. Just getting back healthy. Hopefully he rides it out. Put Cy Young numbers up every year. One of two straight years. It was second last year in voting. Projected to be first or second this year. So I have them moving on to play the Dodgers. But I have the Dodgers beating the Nats in four games. And the Nats always seem to have a problem against the Dodgers in the playoffs. Or just the, or just the NLDS anyways. But Dodgers I think are too good right now. And they're going to move on to the NLCS. And they will be playing the Atlanta Braves, who went in five games against the Cubs. Now, I just really like the Braves' young lineup. And even though the Cubs do have the experience, I think the Braves have the better all-around team right now. And I think the Braves are going to move on playing the Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers are going to win in five games against the Braves. I just think their team is too good. And... You know, the Braves take another step forward in their hopes of reaching the title, but they miss out again with um, time to regroup go next year. So I do have the Dodgers playing yesterday. If you have not listened to yesterday, I have the Dodgers and Astros as my World Series right now. And I'm going to predict the Dodgers finally break the curse. They went in six over the Astros. And with... Clayton Kershaw and Ryu pulling them on. Jansen closing games out. 
great bats like Bellinger, Turner, Seager in the lineup. Just feels like a destiny season for the Dodgers. A lot's been going on well for them. I don't think it's going to stop. Thank you so much for following this two-day series about the the MLB trade deadline. We will keep you informed on what's to come. Kind of looked at. Dominic and I will be collaborating again next in the coming few days to talk about uh, the football season. We're going to be looking at every team that. And sorry that we're looking at kind of every team right now. We're kind of at a dull moment where it's just baseball. So, and then after that, you will expect um, a trade deadline reaction video talking about the winners and losers of each um, deadline. And with football season coming up, that means you can also uh, look at fantasy football. So, Dominic and I are really heavily fantasy football players. So, now we're really every year we have our debates and draft parties and analysis on it but Dominic or he's going to be doing some solo scenes about uh, fantasy football he's going to talk about his pre-draft rankings who you should draft and who you shouldn't draft at the at the at the current ADP they sit on right now um, I can give you a little insight his number one overall pick will be Saquon as a, it's not just because he's a Giants fan at all. I totally agree with him. I think he's going to have the most touches all-purpose in the league this year. And it's, it's fantasy excites me. I can't wait to draft. I'm already starting to go through you know, mock drafts right now. Try to try to pick my keeper from my last year's team is Joe Mixon. So I have to, I have to build around him. Gives me more flexibility. Maybe I could get a, two running backs early. Speaking of fantasy, we will be doing a live fantasy mock draft between me, Dominic, and two of our friends who are also in a fantasy football league. So look forward to that coming up within the next few weeks. It'll be fun. And thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for tuning in to our latest Truth Hurts podcast. You can listen to us anywhere. Search The Truth Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and so much more. Stay up to date all sports through our anchor site, along with our Twitter account, at truthhurts underscore pod. Have a great day, but remember, sometimes the truth does in fact hurt.